Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. Hope your day is off to a great start. Uh, we just want to tell you who we're listening to. That was Zepparella with Ramble On, and I actually just posted that to Facebook if you'd like to see the video of that great band. I had Clementine on the show before. She's the drummer. All right, so kicking off today's show is Mara Gordon. She's a cannabis advocate, entrepreneur, and researcher, and I heard about her when I watched the film Weed the People, and I was looking forward to having her on, so here she is. Good morning, Mara. Good morning. Uh, thank you so much for calling in. I mentioned I heard about you in the film Weed the People, um, but before we get into where you are now, I'm always fascinated with somebody's backstory, and um, you have a pretty interesting background. Yes, yes. I um, I have certainly uh, pivoted more than once <laughs> in my <laughs> life from one direction to another, yeah. That's great. Um, it's a great skill, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. I, I feel like there's some of us that are just better at it. You know, I, I kind of think of it along the lines of Darwin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yes. those of us that are able to see the way the directions are going in life and, and pivot in order to... Um, maximize our skills and our happiness and, and our ability to do good for the world and for others. Absolutely. I, I just want to mention yeah. the name of my show is Get the Funk Out. And I'm always intrigued how people can look at a situation that seems really tough and really challenging and they spin it, pivot, into something positive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I had an experience back in, I want to say it was about 2007. I've had a lot of those, unfortunately, and fortunately. I mean, uh, you, I grow from each one of them, but I've had, a, you know, a lot of very uh, challenging things happen in my life. But mm-hmm. back in, I believe it was 2007, um, something happened where it was a, a primary relationship in my life, not with my husband, but with somebody else, and it was very hard, and I was devastated because I had kind of built that chapter of my life around what was happening in uh, uh, my family. Mm -hmm. And um, this young rabbi that I met in Fort Collins, Colorado, uh, he and his wife, uh, we had befriended them, and and he came over, and I was just devastated. And he said to me at the time that after the Holocaust, when the survivors uh, went to... Uh, the Rebbe at the time, and they said, you know, how do we how do we go on from this? Once we've seen this sort of horror and experiences, how do we continue? Mm-hmm. And he said, if there's if they kill six million, we have six million and one babies. If they burn down a million of our businesses, we start a million and one more. Yes. And you know, we the good and the light will 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 you know get rid of the darkness and the evil. And I had already been living a life that I felt like was of being of service for others. But that was a pivotal moment to where it became the number one focus point of everything I've done since then. That's it's like, incredible. how is it benefiting? Yeah, I love that. So how did you get involved in becoming a cannabis advocate and research? Uh, well, um, another another interesting because of uh, of... Uh, pain and sorrow, it took me into something uh, beautiful. Um, I had been uh, experiencing severe pain and suffering because of previous health issues of my own. And my husband, who had um, 
broken his back years before, but it had gotten to the point where he was not going to be able to walk much longer if he didn't have surgery. And because he was sober, he wasn't willing to go on opioids. And I had already gone off of any of that and thought, you know what, they don't help anyway with chronic pain. So I might as well just, so I started looking at alternatives um, that wouldn't trigger the phenomenon of craving necessarily so that it was an option for him because I just didn't want to see him in a wheelchair, you know, when he had options. And cannabis, as it turned out, was uh, an excellent choice for him. Uh, When I started looking around for help and information about what types of things we should be using and how to use it, there was a dearth. There was nothing. And, of course, this is years ago. There was nothing. I mean, it was like, you know, it was caramel corn and brownies and (laughs) nobody was lab testing. It was garbage. Mm -hmm. And so... I thought, well, you know, I'm a process engineer. I can figure out how to do this and figure out the dosing and all that. So I started um, studying it and making products and then analyzing them and then, you know, collecting the data around what was working for different diseases. And that's been my path now for almost nine years. Let me back up one second. You said you're a process engineer. Yes. Tell Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, um, I recognize and I see patterns, and I am able to uh, solve complex problems. That's really what my primary skill set is. Um, I was trained um, uh, through Rational that has now been bought years ago by IBM, but to be able to go to very complex systems and figure out solutions for them. That's really what my background and kind of my my secret skill set and, and weapon is. Yeah. So applying that into cannabis was, was a very logical and simple step for me. It's, just, mm-hmm. it's the way I look at everything in life anyway. So I know a few people, uh, one got through stage four colon cancer, she was on my show, um, and she chose not so much to go the route of um, chemo, but to do what you're talking about. And, mm-hmm. and my dad passed away from stage four colon cancer, and I wasn't aware of any other options, that there were zero options at the time. Um, so I'm really fascinated with, is it that, what, from what I'm hearing, maybe I'm wrong, that it's anti-inflammatory and it helps reduce tumors? I mean, how does it work? That's a really good question, and, and it's really just, it's heartbreaking that it wasn't available uh, for your father. It wasn't for my mother or father or first husband yeah. uh, either, and it's like, so, I mean, and, and I lost my sister a few years ago to oh, lung gosh. cancer as well. Um, w- the way that it works, we, d- we don't understand everything, but okay. we do know that the THC, for example, you know, there's all this information out in the media and all this hoopla around CBD, and CBD is great. But it's not really the powerful, the powerful medicine within the cannabis. That's definitely the THC is the hero. Okay. Uh, THC is found to directly activate the cannabinoid uh, CB1 and CB2 receptors within the body. And we have evidence, in at least in mice and in Petri dishes, of it killing these cancer cells. Now, CBD also does, um, in some cases and some types of cancer, Um, but we always use it because it also works on other systems within the body. So we always incorporate a THC-dominant and a CBD-dominant medicines within the protocols that we create for patients. But we do actually understand um, uh, some of the science around it so that it's not just um, uh, 
you know, voodoo, or it's not just, right. you know, here, take this and, and, and you know, sh- shake a palm leaf around you and you're yeah. going to be healed. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. there actually is real science behind it. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Mara Gordon. She's a cannabis advocate, entrepreneur, researcher, and I first heard about her in the movie Weed the People on Netflix. Um, so in the film, w- when you were approached to be in the film, um, what was your thoughts on that? Oh, hell no. <laughs> that was my original thought. Um, it was back at a time, it was like late 2012, early 2013, um, when uh, Ricky Lake's uh, late husband, Christian Evans, um, first approached me, and I had been approached about documentaries and, you know, participating in other ones at that point, and I had always said no, because each one of them had an agenda, right. and they were just going to use the documentary to prove it out, mm-hmm. or to make their point, and I didn't want to be part of somebody's propaganda, exactly. and what they showed me was that they really were going to go on this journey to see where the medicine took them as far as efficacy. And that was much more interesting to me than them already having a, you know, the conclusion at the beginning, right? Right. So um, initially, Ricky was um, looking to, to follow this young girl that she had, uh, that had befriended her. She had befriended when she was on Dancing with the Stars. And uh, this little girl had, you know, was a super fan, and she had a, a very serious disease. As it turned out, we'd already started filming and doing all these things when the little girl's family backed out and decided that they just didn't want to risk using cannabis. Oh. Um, right, which was yeah. just, it's very sad, but it is yeah. what it is, you right. know. Sure. And um, so we kept filming and really had no idea where the story was going to go, until I was actually sitting Shiva for my sister, and I was in St. Louis where she was living at the time, and um, I got a, a 911 text from Abby Epstein, the, the director on the film, okay. and she's like, there's this eight-and-a-half-month, you know, old little baby. Yeah. She has a, you know, uh, 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 optical glioma. We need your help. And I turned to my family, you know, that were all sitting there with me, and I was mm-hmm. like, well... In our in, in our belief system, life always trumps death. Yes. And, you know, so you always go after helping the living. And I was like, you know, there's nothing I can do here. There's something I can do there. Yes. And so I got on a plane and headed to L.A. to see what I could do to help uh, baby Sophie. Isn't and then it was, you know, everyone after that. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing, though, the dichotomy of you're sitting Shiva and then you get this call to actually save a life? I mean, right. it's beautiful. Right. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then what happened? Because some some parents might be saying, how could you give, you know, this to children? But to me, I mean, I know how toxic uh, chemo can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I, I think that one point that I want to make very clear is um, I always talk about integrative medicine, not alternative. Right. Because if I mean, I would never, ever tell a family not to do chemotherapy or radiation yes. because there's just too much evidence of it, of it helping. Right. And what cannabis does when you incorporate it is in many cases, not all, and we have, you know, there's over 200 different types of cancer and each one has to be treated and tested differently. Mm-hmm. But we do know in, in many cases of generalizations that can be made that when you incorporate uh, THC or you incorporate cannabis in with uh, uh, standard care of chemotherapy or radiation, it makes it either more effective 
And if it doesn't make it more effective, it at least increases the efficacy and the ability of the patient to adhere to the schedule. Yes. For example, one of the children in the film, Chico Ryder, he had rhabdomyosarcoma. Now, that's a mouthful, what is that? I know. But what is that? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a uh, type of cancer. It showed up in his neck mm-hmm. to where it was cutting off his windpipe, and he was actually going to not be able to breathe if they didn't get him in to do radiation, like, within hours. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so thank God it was available, right? Right. And, right, and so, but he had the worst case that they had ever seen at UCLA of chemotherapy-induced uh, side effects. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, he, he had to be hospitalized with each round of chemo. It was just awful. But because of the cannabis, he never missed a single session, and he was able to continue the, the process and get through it, and he's been in remission now since 2013. It seems to me, Mara, that it makes it more tolerable, that the patient is able 100%. To, to relax. And, you know, I believe it also helps with the nausea and other side effects of chemo. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. It okay. helps with the nausea. It helps with the bone pain, the achiness, yeah. the insomnia. Um, it, can, it can decrease the hair loss, which for some people, for me, that would be no big deal. But for some people, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's their you know, crowning glory or right. whatever. Sure. And and it really does make it more effective. And and the other thing that's been amazing and oh the pictures are just phenomenal when you see it in, in cell studies is THC when applied to cancer cells kills them. When it's applied to healthy cells, it protects them. So Incredible. at the same time that the cannabis is assisting the chemotherapy and radiation, it's also protecting the healthy cells from being um, indiscriminately destroyed because uh, chemotherapy is indiscriminatory in what it, what it destroys, yeah. which is why people get so sick. Right. Yeah. My grandmother was diagnosed with bladder cancer at 94, 95, and they operated on her thinking they mm-hmm. were going to get rid of it, and it was too metastasized, and they... Um, right. They gave her chemo. I mean, she was close to 95, and I thought, I mean, this was a long time ago. Right. But. That I mean, feels a little irresponsible. Yeah. I know with my, I, I take my, my own mother, um, she had, it had gone to her brain. She had lung cancer, and it had gone to her brain, and it had hit the pain center mm-hmm. to where she couldn't even stand to have, like, the sheet touch her skin. And oh. it was the day that she died. And they were coming to get her to roll her down to take her to treatment. And I'm like, leave her alone. Yes, you bet. You bet. You know? Yeah. Just stop. Leave the woman, you know, just leave her alone. Why yeah. put her through this? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think c- cannabis is a much kinder, gentler approach when you integrate it. And it makes all the treatments easier. I mean, it's too bad your grandmother didn't have access to that. She could have smoked a joint and at least laughed her way out. Exactly. I agree with you, yes. And she was a smoker for a very long time. So So, uh, what would you like people to know about you? And is it Aunt Aunt Zelda, Aunt Zelda's? Uh, it depends on which part of the country you're from. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's Aunt Zelda's to me. Okay. Um, you know, it's... Uh, uh, my goal is to have Aunt Zelda's available to everybody in the world who is sick, 
because I really do believe that people should have access to the to medicines that are understood and that are high quality and that aren't just created so that people can get their SKUs out there and make a lot of sales. Mm-hmm. We've spent a lot of years doing research on our products so that when we do come out with something, we understand it very, very well and we know how to help people use it. And it really does make a difference. People come to us from all over the world to get our medicines. And we're working very hard now to make sure that it's available in places so that people don't have to travel. I mean, when I have somebody who comes, like I just had an inquiry uh, today from Bangladesh, And this man is trying to take care of his father who has lung cancer and, you know, bless his heart, he wants me to send him medicine. Well, I can't do that because I can't, you know, schedule one, federally illegal. Yes. But I was able to reach out to one of my favorite companies, and that's Magical Butter, and have them send him a machine, and we can tell him how to make medicine so he can help his father. So Ann Zeldas wants to be in everybody's home around the world who Mm -hmm. has an endocannabinoid system, which happens to be everybody. Yes. But if it can't be, we're going to help empower you to help yourself. That was one thing I learned, by the way, that we have this natural system that no one can pronounce, by the way. Endocannabinoid? <laughs> endocannabinoid. Cannabinoid, that's right. Right. So cannabinoid is just the, the, it's the same thing as a terpenoid or a flavonoid or anything else. The only difference between a cannabinoid and a terpenoid is it only appears in cannabis, like THC and CBD. Okay. Now, the endo, endo just means internal. Okay. So when we say endocannabinoid system, it's the internal cannabinoid system. And it was there within our bodies, not because someday we might, you know, decide to take this plant, roll a joint, and get high. Mm-hmm. It's there because our body creates endogenous internal cannabinoids called anandamide and 2-AG. And these are what, like, for example, anandamide is in mother's milk. One of the reasons that newborns that are breastfed have a better immune system uh, is because of the cannabinoids, the anandamide within the breast milk. Okay. Right. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like a supplement. So if you think about cannabis, it's actually kind of a supplement on top of what your body maybe doesn't have enough of as its own. Mm-hmm. You know, over the years, I've changed up my diet. I am more of a vegan, vegetarian, and I see such a difference. And I know a lot of the things I eat uh, are more of an alkaline diet or just a lot of fresh, organic fruits and vegetables, and I feel much healthier. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when we're making medicines and we're working with cannabis, we always make sure that we're working with whole plant. Mm-hmm. And when I say whole plant, I literally mean the, the whole spectrum of the flower. You know, there's a lot of, of product manufacturers out there that are taking this beautiful medicine that contains, you know, upwards of 500 different compounds, and they're, you know, producing it in these, you know, uh, super critical CO2 where they do these explosion where it destroys the plant, separates everything out, and then what wasn't destroyed, they put it back together and they call it, you know, whole plant medicine. That's not the same thing as keeping the integrity of the plant. We know the same thing in our foods. When things are super processed, they are just not, our bodies are not going to respond to them as positively. Right. So where can people find out more about you and get in touch with you if they have questions? So um, they can go to our website, antzeldas.org, um, and they certainly can, you know, reach out to us there. Also, um, uh, my 
personal email for is Mara at AuntZeldas.org. It's A-U-N-T-Z-E-L-D-A-S dot org. And Mara, of course, is M-A-R-A. And if I don't have the answer, I'm, you know, always happy to find who does. Um, I have a wonderful um, uh, research assistant, Justin Kander, who is always happy to um, get people information that they need so um, people can be empowered to help themselves if, for some reason, our medicines are not available as an option for them. I do want to mention, I didn't ask you about, is it uh, Cala Spring Wellness? What is that? Yes. That is a medical uh, service that we have. Um, we've been training doctors and nurses for, you know, almost since the beginning on the endocannabinoid system and how to incorporate cannabis in, uh, into a standard integrative uh, care. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very important that people understand that, that you know, one of the, the things about CBD that really scares me, and this is probably a whole different discussion, but people are acting like it's like it's nothing, it's inert, it's candy. And the reality is it has, you know, potential serious uh, interactions with other pharmaceuticals that a person might be taking. So it's important that when people are using cannabis and they have serious illnesses, and certainly when there's comorbidities, uh, you know, like cancer along with diabetes or along with seizure disorders and all the other things that people have, or, you know, COPD, they're taking all these drugs, that we make sure that there's no potential interactions and also, it's a conversation that many people don't feel comfortable having with their doctor. And so uh, one of our doctors or nurses can work more closely to integrate with the team. That's great. Here's a mm-hmm. question. I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this, but, you know, we have a ton of um, young people, teens with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Um, do people come to you and say, what can I do besides, you know, going on Zoloft, Lexapro, or whatever? 100%. We have been treating teens with ADHD and young kids with ADHD for years and we're able to do it in such a way where they don't feel altered. They just feel better. They feel focused. Um, There are certain profiles of cannabis that when they're used uh, by, you know, this population now, granted, I'm saying that's an 80-20 rule is applying here. It's not going to work for 20% the same way. They're going to have to use a different profile because that's just humans. We're all different. But for the most part, we have these uh, uh, profiles of medicine. In fact, we make one called Daytime, and that one is, like, super focusing. Uh, I mean, I can't use it. I'm one of the 20. I can't use it. It makes me feel like I'm jumping out of my skin. But we have people that that work with us, and we have uh, many patients who it's like without it, they couldn't go to work every day and be productive, or they couldn't go to school and sit at their desk. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, some of the more traditional um, old-time sativa that, you know, now they're all hybrids, but sativa would be more of the narrow leaf, and they're more of the ones that are like the uplifting yes. uh, traditionally. Obviously, that's kind of a generalization, but uh, that's fine for this. Um, they tend to be very focusing, and the thing about it is is if you dose correctly and if you actually get somebody to a therapeutic dose, they can feel much better without having to feel um, altered through psychoactivity. Now, can this be done with just CBD? Some people, absolutely. Some people are very, very, um, uh, find a lot of benefit in just using CBD. However, it has to be the full spectrum. It can't be these 
isolates or these products that don't have anything in it because where CBD can be beneficial for uh, calming for anxiety, you're going to want to have a a full spectrum when you're looking at dealing with something to to give increased focus. Got it. Wow, this Mm -hmm. has been incredible, and I can't believe the the first half of the show has flown by. Give your website one more time, if you could, please. Yes, it's AuntZeldas.org. All right. And again, I um, saw you on Weed the People. And uh, if people want more information about you, you gave your email earlier. And I will have this uh, recording up on my show blog within an hour. And the blog is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Mara, thank you so much for calling in. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Mara Gordon, a cannabis advocate, entrepreneur, and researcher. If you want to learn more about her, all her info is up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. I am on Twitter at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. KUCI KUCI is on Twitter at KUCI-FM. We're on Instagram at KUCI-FM. Facebook, KUCI 88.9, Tumblr, blog.kuci.org. And if you're not familiar with all of our shows, music, and public affairs, um, you can check out our website, KUCI.org. We're going to take a little break. I do, do want to mention, if you're interested in being a guest on my show, you can shoot me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. Hope your Monday's off to a great start. This is Get the Funk Out. We'll take a little break, and then we'll be back with Amanda Haas, who's going to talk about her latest book, The Vibrant Life. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the management of KUCI or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show, go to KUCI.org. 